0: Welcome to Studio C of the Homeschool Mama Self-Care Podcast, a.k.a. Studio Closet. Studio C? If or when you ever join me for a coaching conversation, you are likely never going to see the inside of this closet. I'd invite you into my Jane Austen-like study, or at least I tell myself it's a Jane Austen-like study, and we'd have a cup of virtual tea. I prefer Roy Boss. How about you? We'd have a cup of virtual tea to clarify your thoughts and shift your perspective toward a more satisfying homeschool mom life. Or if you're joining me this week, we could be in my Jane Austen-like study for book club. We're going to be talking about today's author, John Taylor Gatto, and how he can help us de-school our homeschools. Or you can join me on Wednesday for a live Facebook class and we'll de-school your homeschool and reimagine your homeschool life. I love me a discussion on de-schooling. But today I'm not in my Jane Austen-like studio. I'm in Studio C. I'm sitting on a chair with my recording device balancing on a drawer of leisure wear, aka the homeschool mama outfit, yoga pants, joggers relaxing clothes that we can wear around the house, and I have accrued myself a good old stack. Today, too, we're going to have a perspective-shifting conversation about our homeschools. So welcome to the Homeschool Mama Self-Care Podcast. I'm Teresa Wiedrich, the Homeschool Life Coach at CapturingTheCharmLife.com. This season is dedicated to those homeschool moms who want to shed what's not working so they can show up authentically, purposefully, and confidently. On today's episode, we're going to discuss John Taylor Gatto's book, Dumbing Us Down. Specifically, we're going to discuss seven freedom-loving ways that John Taylor Gatto can inform our homeschools. But before we get started, I want to ask you a few questions. So grab your journal, grab your pen. These questions will help you get prepped for the following discussion. First question is, what do you think the difference is between a school and a homeschool? Second question is, what's the point of an education anyway? Do you think the family life is at the center of our culture's life? Fourth question is, what's the reason you don't like report cards, grades, and tests? Or maybe you do, and that question doesn't apply to you. The fifth question is, how do you define genius? Sixth question, how does your homeschool lifestyle benefit your child's socialization? And seventh and last question is, who have you decided as an expert in your homeschool and on your homeschool kiddos? So welcome to the episode where we consider how John Taylor Gatto might inform our homeschools. If you've already read John Taylor Gatto's book or his really, there's so many books, Um, any of his books, before you listen to this episode, would you shoot me a message to tell me how he's impacted your homeschool? He has most definitely influenced my homeschool. And today I'll share a little bit how he's informed my homeschool. So let's get started. I'm going to share with you the seven freedom-loving ways that John Taylor Gatto can inform our homeschools. John Taylor Gatto has written so proficiently and passionately that I could not possibly do him justice and share all the different ways that he could inform our homeschools. So I recommend reading from him. Read his works to be energized. Read his work to put wind in your sails for your most discouraging homeschool days. Though I couldn't possibly share all the potential ways that he would influence and encourage us. I would be remiss to not include this powerhouse author as a significant influencer for our homeschools. Today, we'll specifically chat about John Taylor Gatto's book, Dumbing Us Down, The Hidden Curriculum of Compulsory Schooling. One of the ways John Taylor Gatto informs our homeschools can be through this quote. He says, I've noticed a fascinating phenomenon in my 30 years of teaching Schools and schooling are increasingly irrelevant to the great enterprises of the planet Earth. No one believes anymore that scientists are trained in science classes, or politicians in civics classes, or poets in English classes. The truth is that schools don't really teach anything except how to obey orders. This is a great mystery to me because thousands of humane, caring people work in schools as teachers and aides and administrators, but the abstract logic of the institution overwhelms their individual contributions. Although teachers care and do very, very hard work, the institution is psychopathic. It has no conscience. It rings a bell, and the young man in the middle of writing a poem must close his notebook and move to a different cell. Kinda clear what John Taylor Gatto thinks about the education institution. Psychopathic is a strong word, but he says it has no conscience. We all have had helpful, attentive, memorable teachers. They're what made our school days pleasant or introduced us to interesting things. I recall my math teacher in grade 7, Mr. Krennick. He had an energy of Robin Williams in the Dead Poets Society, but it was about math, and I loved it. However, we've also had a critical, impatient, exacting teacher, or a few. They are what make our school days miserable. Oh, and unpleasant students also made our school days miserable, too. But how do our homeschools differ from educational institutions? The home institution we create considers the whole needs of our children. Their nutrition, their desire for connection, creativity, emotional expression, their personal development, their spiritual awareness, and their relational development skills. The school doesn't do that. The home institution we enable is built on intimate knowledge and connection with our kids. And the home institution we embody is geared toward the specific children in our home and it honors their uniqueness and their needs. In a nutshell, there ain't no school that's allowed to connect with their students the way we do with our kids. They don't allow for a child to spend all day discussing macrame owl building that the kids want to sell at a craft market. The school institution does not allow for cuddling your kiddo during a read-aloud. There are many differences between the educational institution and our homeschools. What would you add to that list? What would you say the difference between a homeschool and a school school would be? I'd like to hear your thoughts. The second way Gatto informs our homeschool is through this quote, my very favorite quote of his. Whatever an education is, it should make you a unique individual, not a conformist. It should furnish you with an original spirit with which to tackle the big challenges. It should allow you to find values which will be your roadmap through life. It should make you spiritually rich, a person who loves whatever you're doing, wherever you are, whomever you're with. It should teach you what is important, how to live, and how to die. We can try to jam a bunch of facts into the minds of our kids as homeschoolers and hope they spit out the requested knowledge later. Because, you know, there are certain things that everyone needs to learn, I say sarcastically. I believe that if you really need to learn something, since everyone else seems to know it, there ain't no way you're not going to learn it. Okay, well, that's one argument anyway. At least once a week, I participate in a variation of this conversation, the following conversation, with a random stranger. So you homeschool? Yep. And then I smile. I've learned not to explain my choice nor defend it, but that took years, I might add. So there's a government curriculum you follow? Nope, we're independent. hoo silence. Interesting silence. The curious bystander doesn't understand how I could enable an education without the efforts of a government school system. Where do you find the curriculum? Hmm, it's everywhere. Online, bookstores, conferences, every time we talk to a new human being. Do the kids just hang out in pajamas and use their screens all day? roll my eyes. Of course, we're in pajamas all day. (laughs) We're homeschoolers, but no to the screens in my house. Do you spend more time than a school child on academics? Or you can do it faster, right? Well, I say, in my opinion, most homeschoolers are doing more concerted academics than most schools. But how can I possibly know every school and how they do it? I hear homeschool kids are smarter than schooled kids. Clearly a gross generality. But what is smart anyway? And which kind of smart? But why are we discussing this? Because we've been given the kids we're given. Are you a trained school teacher, I'm asked. Nope. I got a Bachelor of Science in Nursing and married a medical doctor. Does that make you feel better or worse? Are your kids geniuses? Insert my rant about all children being geniuses in their own way. Roll your eyes if you want, but I actually believe that. Which would mean I believe you, the listener, and you, the person asking me these questions, are geniuses in your own way too. We homeschool families have to decide for ourselves what we believe in education to be and follow that internal compass. Here's what I've come to understand about what an education is. An education is about raising up another human being and enabling that human being to live a life on purpose. I believe an education is designed to help someone create or engage in meaningful work that will contribute to oneself and one's community. I think an education is there to develop you, an individual, so you can be who you were meant to be. And ditto for your kids. In John Taylor Gatto's words, whatever an education is, it should make you a unique individual, not a conformist. It should furnish you with an original spirit with which to tackle the big challenges. It should allow you to find values, which will be your roadmap through life. It should make you spiritually rich, a person who loves whatever you're doing, wherever you are, whomever you're with, it should teach you what is important, how to live, and how to die. I'm interrupting this episode to invite you to the free "Deschool Your Homeschool class this Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. You can register for the class at the Facebook group, Homeschool Mama Support Group, or you'll also find that on my website, CapturingTheCharmLife.com. You've already stepped off the beaten path, so maybe it's time to reassess and ask if it's time to deschool again or for the first time when you register for the deschool class you're invited to discuss your particular homeschool challenges that you would like to deschool from after the class and this week i'm also offering a book club on john taylor gatto's books discussing his freedom loving thoughts on deschooling our homeschool that'll be on thursday so if you're looking to deschool You'll be inspired by his 30 years of classroom research, because if I hadn't said this already, he's an award-winning 30-year educator who believes the classroom is not the place for your child to be educated. You'll see the concept of education in new ways when we discuss his book. So you're welcome to join the book club on Thursday. You are also welcome to join me to DeSchool Your Homeschool on Wednesday. Could there be a better time of year than this slump season, these winter blues or January blues, the perfect time to assess our homeschools and ask, is it working for us? Is it working for our kids? And what is an education anyway? And decide whether how we're actually doing homeschool is aligning with our vision of our homeschool. I'm looking forward to connecting with you this week. Okay, so back to the episode. The third way Gatto informs your homeschool, independent study, community service, adventures and experience, large doses of privacy and solitude, a thousand different apprenticeships. These are all powerful, cheap, and effective ways to start a real reform of schooling. But no large-scale reform is ever going to work to repair our damaged children and our damaged society until we force open the idea of school to include family as the main engine of education. That we should include family as the main engine of education? Amen. Well, you can't accuse JTG of not speaking his mind. By the way, can I just stop here and say, can I call him JTG? Because this is going to be a real long podcast episode if I don't jtg john taylor gatto how you do your family life and how i do my family life aren't going to be the same we don't think the same we don't value the same things and we don't focus on the same things we might vote differently clearly we might vote in different countries (laughs) because i know there's a lot of people listening to me from all over the world the majority of them that are not in my country are in the united states or China, or India, or many other countries, actually many, many other countries, ones that definitely surprise me, but also in Canada. And you are all welcome. We might vote differently. You bet we will. We might think differently about vaccines, masks, and lockdowns. We might engage in discussions on critical thinking from opposite ends of the political spectrum. You might be afraid that ChatGPT will take over the online world. And I might think it's novel. I might think it'll make customer service smoother. But I also think that ChatGPT will never replace the human voice. We also don't do the same things, nor will we introduce our children to the same things. You might live on a mountaintop with your three kids, be connected to the ham radio world, and have direct access to the space station. I met that family last week at the Canadian Online Homeschool Conference. How cool is that? You might have built your own Earthship with your three children. A passive solar home, if you're not familiar with the concept of Earthship. And you might have used non-polluting energy sources and smart design. And I may have attempted solar panels, but discovered I couldn't have enough sun in January, so decided to replace it with an air-to-water heat exchange pump. P.S. I also know that Earthship family, and they have now started a YouTube channel because they are sailing around the world. Maybe you think it would be the coolest thing ever to fly to the Nahani River and canoe in the Northwest Territories. But I would rather take my family to Italy again to take a gondolier ride down the Venetian canals, see Michelangelo's, Michelangelo's, David in Firenze, also known as Florence, visit a Tuscan farm for a week and learn to make pasta and chocolate-covered boar. We might value different experiences for our kiddos. You might think it's valuable to have your kiddos focus on their high school credits or take college courses before they graduate and use those credits at the university of their choice. And I might value my kids following their present passion, whether that be ballet, fashion design, developing friendships, civil engineering, ancient history and languages, stepping into leadership roles or political activism. Our families may look anything but similar, but we home-educating families have this in common. Family is our focus and is the main engine of our child's education. I just agree with JTG that families should be at the center. The fourth way Gatto informs our homeschools. He says, The lesson of report cards, grades, and tests is that children should not trust themselves or their parents, but should instead rely on the evaluation of certified officials. People need to be told what they're worth. Here's a vulnerable truth about me. I grew up thinking I wasn't smart. Of course, it didn't help that I was told I wasn't smart. I had repeated continual harsh criticisms from a significant person who should have spoken exactly the opposite to me. However, I also took my cue that I wasn't smart from my inability to test well, especially when I was tested for anything related to numbers. For example, math, chemistry, physics, any math-related math related Subject, I also had a hard time recalling and memorizing dates and names or terms and equations. In low-stress environments, I revealed my understanding most of the time, but in high-stress environments, I did not test well. I'd learned decades later that there was a connection between my academic challenges and my home environment, but I didn't know that until decades after high school graduation. It will come as no surprise then that I didn't think I was smart. Even I was surprised that I did well in my college and university years. I had a marked increase in my GPA, and I didn't shift my study habits exceptionally. My only shift was that I lived in a college dorm, somewhat sequestered from the stresses of home. I was required to take grade 12 level high school chemistry or math in order to be accepted into my nursing program. And I did it with deep fear. Yet I completed grade 12 chemistry pretty freaking well. I surprised myself, and I was proud of myself for conquering what was a seemingly mountainous academic goal. But this still didn't make me feel smart. I wouldn't have declared I was smart, despite being accepted into an accelerated nursing program two or three years in. I wouldn't have told you I was smart, despite marrying a remarkably intelligent guy who not coincidentally was the high school valedictorian. He co-led our hospital through the pandemic years. He'll run in the next Canadian federal election campaign as an independent and who to this day, 25 years after I met him, pulls out giant words I didn't know existed and I've never heard before. I wouldn't have told you I was smart, despite home-educating my four kiddos for a decade and a half. So when did that shift for me? Interestingly, it shifted when I had a shift in my faith. It shifted for me in a passport office. Reading a book about grace by a Chinese missionary named Watchman Nee. What I'm about to share is actually the story why this book was on the homeschool mama reading list for so many years. Because, in one significant moment, as I read that book, an epiphany of sorts, sitting in the waiting room for my call to take a new photo for my updated passport so I could travel with my husband to Mexico, I got clarity in a very significant relationship that influenced how I thought about myself, my relationship with God, and therefore my relationship with myself. If I'd been saved by grace and there was nothing I could do to receive that grace, There was nothing I could do to work for that grace. There was nothing I was expected to do to receive that grace, because that grace was gifted to me. Well, then why was I working so hard to gain everyone's favor? Why was I working hard for God's favor? And why didn't I think I measured up? In one very significant moment, I saw myself as if I was created whole, worthy, and uniquely here for a reason. So, I'm with JTG. School institutions perpetuate the evaluative approach to our worth, and I'm here to declare it. There's no grade test or report card that defines you or your kiddo, period. You're here. You were placed here, I believe, intentionally. You weren't intended to be a chip off the old school block or a reflection of anyone else, not you nor your kiddos. So now you know why the following oft-repeated song lyrics mean so much to me. This time I won't sing them, but they are by Keila Settle, This Is Me. When the sharpest words wanna cut me down, I'm gonna send a flood, Going to drown them out. I am brave. I am bruised. I am who I am meant to be. This is me. Look out, because here I come, and I'm marching on to the beat I drum. I'm not scared to be seen. I make no apologies. This is me. The fifth way JTG informs our homeschools is through this thought. He says, I've come to believe that genius is an exceedingly common human quality probably natural to most of us. I didn't want to accept that notion. Far from it. My own training in two elite universities taught me that intelligence and talent distributed themselves economically over a bell curve. And because of those mathematical, seemingly irrefutable scientific facts, was as rigorously determined as John Calvin contended. The fifth way Gatto informs your homeschool He says, private time is absolutely essential if a private identity is going to develop. And private time is equally essential to the development of a code of private values, without which we aren't really individuals at all. I believe coming alongside another human to help them relate to their peers and family members is one of the biggest benefits of the homeschool lifestyle. Not coincidentally, it's the one thing I was asked most worriedly and repeatedly about. But what about homeschool socialization? How will they get socialized? No doubt having an engaged, connected mentor human, aka a parent, walk alongside you as you navigate relationships and emotions, expressing your needs. This is a profound benefit of the homeschool lifestyle. And I would suggest it was the most beneficial Benefit. Can you say beneficial benefit? Anyway, but I think something few discussions around homeschool socialization discusses is the concept of how kids get a whole lot of free time to think, to wander, to daydream, to do nothing. Nonetheless, one of my most frequented... I think there's few discussions around homeschool socialization and the benefits of homeschool socialization. Like, for instance... How kids get a whole lot more free time to wander, to daydream, to do nothing, and to think. Nonetheless, one of my most frequented posts on my website, Capturing the Charm Life, is a discussion on the benefits of solitude for the homeschool kiddo. We rarely experience solitude and hardly know its benefit. So we certainly don't think to teach it to our children. Our Western culture teaches us to love public attention, and naturally, our ego appreciates that, until it doesn't get it. Our Western culture teaches us that extroversion is favorable, even necessary, healthy, and normal. And our Western culture teaches us that constant activity equals importance, value, and purpose. And that we should search for meaning outside of ourselves, preferably in crowds of others. Maya Angelou teaches us about teaching our children how to wield solitude. You can read more about Maya Angelou's thoughts on teaching children solitude on my website under the post, How to teach children solitude, inspiring words from Maya Angelou. So she says many believe that they need company at any cost. And certainly if a thing is desired at any cost, Then it will be obtained at any cost. She also says, We need to remember and teach our children that solitude can be a much to be desired condition. Not only is it acceptable to be alone, but at times it is positively to be wished for. It is the interludes between being in company that we talk to ourselves. In the silence, we listen to ourselves. Then we ask ourselves, we describe ourselves to ourselves, and in the quietude, we may even hear the voice of God. So yeah, I'm with JTG. Solitude creates a unique individual. The sixth way Gatto informs your homeschool is a discussion on trust. Trust in families and in neighborhoods and individuals to make sense of the important question, what is education for? If some of them answer differently from what you might prefer, that's not your business and it shouldn't be your problem. Our type of schooling has deliberately concealed the fact that such a question must be framed and not taken for granted if anything beyond a mockery of democracy is to be nurtured. It is illegitimate to have an expert answer that question for you, we're told. This is the reason why I've shared on many occasions that I mentor homeschool parents of any religion or homeschool philosophy, worldview, or persuasion, because how you homeschool and why you homeschool is your choice. It ain't my business, or my desire, or concern to dictate that for anyone but if you join me in a coaching program or personal coaching you'll be unlikely to not hear these three questions from me posed to you first thing is is how your homeschooling working for you the second is how your homeschooling working for your kids and the third and you've heard me say this so many times you're probably expecting to hear a conversation that discusses latin but i'm not going there today is What do you believe an education to be anyway? I disagree with one minor technicality in JTG's quote here. He says, it is illegitimate to have an expert answer that question for you. I do agree that it's illegitimate to search for another person's answer about what you should decide for your child or your children and how to create an education. What I don't agree with is that there is anyone except yourself that could be an expert on your child or children. There's always someone that knows more about a topic. You name an expert on any topic, and you'll always find someone more expert. But there is no one in all of the human race that knows your child more than you. And if you're interested in learning how you can best serve your child, if you're deciding to choose home education, then I know your heart is already doing it. There will be many who can be consultants and helpers along the way. Maybe a counselor or a therapist who can help you figure out your family dynamics. Or someone to help you figure out why your child's not reading. Or a coach who can help you dismantle your beliefs about what an education is anyway. I might be pointing to myself, but I know there's a lot of beautiful people out there doing this. Or someone to help you figure out why your child is so easily distracted or you fill in the blank with the many other opportunities where you might use a consultant or helper or some other expert. There are so many experts, but you know who the expert of your kiddo is? It's you. And it's you that gets to decide what an education is for in your home with your children. Let's go out with a bang, shall we? The seventh way Gatto informs your homeschool or could inform your homeschool is through this (laughs) rather explosive statement. Schools teach exactly what they are intended to teach and they do it well. How to be a good Egyptian and remain in your place in the pyramid. I think this is why it doesn't matter what homeschool philosophy you're engaging in your homeschool or what worldview or religion you participate in. It does not matter what curriculum you choose or what co-op you decide to attend. It doesn't matter how you do your homeschool. That you are choosing to step off the beaten path and do things in a way that serves your children and reflects the values of who you are and why you're here that right there makes you an independent thinker and you're teaching your kiddos to be independent thinkers too not coincidentally my kids loved the day the homeschool party day that i created around ancient egypt it was such a sweet picture to see something that my two youngest did when we moved to this property and i buried artifacts quote-unquote artifacts in the sandbox And we built ancient pyramids, miniature ones. We did all sorts of fun unit study type things, which I'll put in the show notes page, because it's got a lot of ideas if you're studying ancient Egypt. To be an Egyptian and to stay in my place and do my thing because I was told to do my thing, that is not what I want for me or my kids. My goal isn't for my children to grow up to work against a system or against any system, but rather to advocate for the legitimacy of the human spirit being an individual that can show up in this life and do their thing on purpose. So if you're off the beaten path and you've chosen this homeschool lifestyle for your family, I say, girlfriend, keep pursuing the things that you know are reflecting your values, are a reflection of who you are and who your children are. And remember that whatever an education is, it should make you a unique individual, not a conformist. It should furnish you with original spirit with which to tackle the big challenges. It should allow you to find values, which will be your roadmap through life. It should make you spiritually rich, a person who loves whatever you're doing, wherever you are, whomever you're with. It should teach you what is most important, how to live and how to die. Thanks for joining me today. It means a lot for me to hear from you, so you can find me over on Instagram and Facebook at Homeschool Mama Self You can find me at the Patreon support group, a private support group designed to support for two hours a month coaching or friendship or mentorship in your homeschool. Or you can find me over at my website, Capturing the Charmed Life. So shoot me a message with your thoughts, ideas, or questions. Would you leave a review on Apple Podcasts? When you do that, you help other people find this podcast too. And if you want to support me in the work I do, I would be so grateful for that. You can join me over at patreoncom slash homeschoolmamaselfcare. I'm looking forward to getting to know you and your homeschool family. Until next week, I hope that you and your kids can turn your homeschool challenges into your homeschool charms. You got this, girlfriend.